Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Chasing the Light. Thank you so much for listening in again this week for entry number six. This week, I am going to share an update for my clinical treatment trial. I just received some encouraging news that we have some tentative dates for my clinical treatment trial, and the baseline two is expected to be sometime within mid-August, and the surgery is expected to be around September 11th at this point tentatively, and I say that because Lots of different factors go into the scheduling of these appointments and the surgery and things have to line up in terms of other patients. For instance, the surgeries of each patient has to be within the 30 days. It cannot be sooner than that because of assessing the safety and efficacy of the surgery. So... I will have to have the surgery by September 11th because you have to have the surgery within 90 days as I had shared in previous entries and I had signed the consent form in June on June 15th I believe so you have to have that surgery within that 90 days or you have to start over with baseline one. So as of right now, I will, you know, be hesitant to say the exact date of baseline two and the surgery just because of the different factors that go into it. Um, when I get the information in terms of hotel confirmation for the actual travel plans, then I will feel more comfortable sharing the exact dates. But stay tuned because it is coming up, which it's very exciting. I mean, that's only like a month away now and the surgery, you know, within two months away. So I'm super excited to share that with you all, as I had promised at the end of the last episode or entry. But this week, I want to focus in on building communities and the vulnerabilities that are associated with that and, you know, going through life with blindness or a disability. As I had mentioned in previous entries regarding the support that I've received from community as an adult, um, it has been wonderful, but it isn't always easy to start out in a new community. When I reflect on my time as a child and going through school, I had shared about how I had many friends and all of my friends were very willing to help as I was going through school. But again, I was very resistant of, you know, accommodations and, you know, even sharing about my vision at that point. So, you know, in each season of my life, I feel like I had really great friends and a great, at least one great person that was there to kind of help me along the way. So as I was going through elementary school, I can think of, you know, a really great best friend who was like a brother to me pretty well all through, you know, from, I guess we started in first grade together the whole way through until, you know, after high school and everything. 
So, you know, that, that friend, and there were many friends like that, but I'm just thinking of like special people throughout different seasons of my life and how God kind of placed certain people around me. And, you know, I've always held on to those memories as like faith that no matter where I start over, I feel that God's always going to place a person you know, near me to to help and to kind of be that rock along the way. So I always look at that as like my lighthouse in each season, as I had titled the entry for this week, um, I, that God has always put a lighthouse in my, in my community, in whatever season I'm in. And it has, you know, always served as like a renewal of my faith that, you know, kind of like a nudge from God that, that I've got you, don't worry about it, keep going. So I went through my elementary school and, you know, throughout my middle and high school, and I had great friends to support along the way, as I mentioned before. Um, You know, I I don't want to focus too much on that period of time in my life because, that's not the time that I had even accepted or acknowledged my vision. So I feel like, you know, I missed out on opportunity to truly let people know who I was and let people into my life because I hadn't even let myself into my life or learned who I was. Um, you know, I, I graduated from high school and I went to community college and I don't recall like a specific person in community college that was that lighthouse for me. I just really feel that that was a time that I was kind of getting my grasp on college and still kind of had one foot in the door at home because I was still living at home and, you know, one foot in the door of of freedom at being at school and college all day. I don't think it was truly until I went to Frostburg that I started to learn about, you know, building communities because a lot of the friends that I had at community college were kids that I might have gone to school with or known, you know, through soccer or something like that along the way. So I don't even really consider that as a time that I was building communities because, again, I hadn't come to acceptance with my vision and I wasn't using a white cane for orientation at that point. Um, So it was still one of those things that I was kind of still masking like I I didn't you know I kind of still denied that I had a a vision issue or vision disability so it wasn't until really in Frostburg um, I had started there I was super super homesick like for I don't know the first month or so I was really homesick but the first week, I'd say I was like, really wanted to come home. I called my grandmother every day. And I was like, in tears, like, I don't want to do this. This is miserable. Like I, I miss home. And you know, so it was it was a whole thing. And I was scared. Like, yes, I was I was um, living with a friend who I had gone to high school with and everything who, you know, was like a sister to me and a best friend. But you know, we didn't have the same courses because we were on different paths in terms of our majors. So I was kind of forced to learn to, you know, get to know other people. And that was scary to me. Like I was frightened. I just 
remember starting out at college and walking to my first class and being like, oh my goodness, like, is, you know, are they going to know I can't see well? Like, are they going to be able to tell and just being super self-conscious and, um, you know, that still that those insecurities related to my disability, so I just remember going to my classes, taking notes and, you know, doing my best to, to not look any different from anybody else, like, um, you know, paying attention to the teacher. And it was probably mid the first week of school when I was at Frostburg and a, um, a, a, a guy came up to me and said, hey, your name's Lindsay, right? I noticed we're in all of our classes together because he was an HPE major. He's like, we might as well just be friends. And and so that was a friendship that blossomed like right from the get-go. And I kind of opened up to him about um, a little bit about my vision that I couldn't see well and stuff. And, and he, you know, ended up being like a brother to me all through college. We graduated at the same time and he really looked out for me. I mean, he had, he was, he was a lot older. Um, He had returned to school and everything, and he had a a really great head on his shoulders and um, definitely played that big brother role for me. And, you know, I look back at that college time until I met Zach, you know, he was that lighthouse in that season. And really the first time I had um, actually faced, um, you know, that I had a vision disability. And if I were going to go through life and have another chance at letting people truly get to know me, this is the time that I have to start. So he was probably the first person that I really let into um, that situation until Zach. And um, then, you know, of course, we we all know how (laughs) Zach responded to it and how Zach has been my lighthouse, you know, ever since that period of time of college. So, you know, I remember feeling very insecure in different types of situations, like especially, you know, college, you're going out and you're meeting new people, you're going out with your friends. I remember, you know, when I would go with my my best friend who I lived with, we'd go to different places. And, you know, a lot of the girls would be worried about, oh, does my hair look okay? Does, you know, my makeup look okay? And my fears were like, are they going to be able to tell that I can't see well? Like, are they going to see that I have dancing eyes because of the nystagmus and, you know, are they going to notice that my eyes are looking up and not straight ahead? And, you know, all these things that I'm still self-conscious about, um, I'm working on it and working through it, but I'm still kind of self-conscious about these things. Um, so that's the type of stuff that made me anxious prior to going to any kind of social event or, you know, getting ready to meet other people. Um, you know, so I, I really, I can't say that I'm fully over all of that. I still think about those types of things and I still do hesitate to put myself out there in different situations because I don't know how much of my situation that I want to share with people that are strangers. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm getting better at it as I'm getting older. Um, but that was definitely a struggle through those college years. And, you know, even moving forward, I remember after we moved to our neighborhood that we're in now, 
I remember, you know, as we got to know some of the neighbors, I did tell them right off the bat, like that I couldn't see well, because I think it was a couple months after we had moved in here and, you know, we had a neighbor right next door to us at that time. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't know that someone is there unless they say hi to me. Like if you're waving to me, I'm not going to see you waving to me. But as a friendly neighbor, they're waving because they have no clue that I can't see. So come to find out after we finally talked and I told this neighbor that, you know, I couldn't see well. And she's like, oh, my goodness, like I thought you were such a snob. I used to wave to you all the time and you never said hi. And like, I told other people you were such a snob. So it was like, oh my goodness, like I'm getting this reputation that, you know, I'm not a nice person, but it's because I can't see and these people didn't know. So then like, that was a big wake up call for me. Like, oh my goodness, I need to like start getting this out there uh, as soon as I meet people, because I just, I just never wanted anybody to think that I would ignore them or that I was a snob or, or whatever it may be. So moving forward, that was kind of like eye-opening for me, and I really started to um, be a little bit more open with my vision journey. I started sharing about my vision journey through writing. Like I had a blog. I also, you know, would write on um, social media posts and those types of things. After I would have one of those uh, assessments, like at the National um, Health Institute or National Eye Institute in Bethesda, I would share about it afterwards. Or I went through a phase where I did some beach body coaching for like, I don't know, a year or so. Um, you know, and I would share in our fitness groups and I actually created a fitness group that we, a small group of, of us moms would get together on, on the group. And I would put something encouraging up every day and we'd share recipes and we'd kind of use that as a place to talk about our fitness routines and those types of things. So when I entered that portion of my life, I really opened up about my vision through written communication and kind of made it more known to at least those people who were in on those platforms that, you know, this is, this is my vision status. And like, if you're waving to me, like if you're my neighbor or our kids are in school together, like this is probably why I'm not waving back at you. So that takes me into where the boys started school and sports because that was a tricky time to navigate as well because I couldn't see the different parents. So I never knew like who was around and like, I, so I, I, until I recognized people's voices, like I wouldn't know who it was who was talking to me until I truly got to know them. So I tried to be very upfront about my vision with them, you know, taking what I had learned from the neighbor situation and applying it to the future, learning from it and, you know, recognizing that I really need to just get it out there right away so there's no kind of confusion or anything. And so I did that. I Moving forward, that's what I did until I started using, you know, my orientation mobility cane. I um, 
you know, put myself out there more. And each time was so scary. Like it's still, I still get that same feeling of just like, um, just anxious and nervous and feel a little bit queasy to my stomach whenever I'm getting ready to share about my vision to somebody in person for the first time. It's just, it's just a very stressful situation. Um, you know, I've never had anyone not be receptive to it, but it's just like, you're putting yourself out there kind of like every time I push record for this, um, podcast journal, like I'm, I get so nervous. I am so nervous still. I don't know if that'll ever go away because I'm putting so much of myself out there and so much of my story. And for years and years, I denied it and didn't accept it. And, you know, so it's, it just kind of brings it all up every time I talk about it. But as I have gotten older, I've learned that writing and talking about it is a great release for me. And my purpose and goal for that is to be able to help other people understand about blindness and the spectrum and hopefully bring awareness into the communities that, you know, I'm in. So as the boys started school and we started making, you know, friends of their new friends and, you know, same with soccer. And I had to tell these different things like, I just noticed how caring and how quickly people kind of started to want to help. Like I have friends from soccer who, you know, now we're, we're, we've been friends for, I don't know, five, six years. And, you know, they know how to guide me. Like, and I've never sat down and told them how to guide me or, you know, told them what I can or can't see. Like, I have a friend that we used to walk the track while our boys were doing soccer practice, you know, in the fall and spring season. And, we would go around the track and, and she would tell me when the bumps or the creases or, you know, just different things were coming up. If I didn't have my orientation cane, which I didn't typically have. And, you know, I never told her (laughs) that she had to do that. It's just this natural thing that she has picked up and, and has cared enough to learn, you know, about my vision and knows how to, to help and support in that way. And that's huge. I mean, just to know that once you open up to somebody and you get over that initial fear of how it's going to be received or are they going to, you know, think something different of you or think less of you or think you're weak or whatever, all those insecurities, like when you feel that and see that happen for the first time that someone's, you know, wants to genuinely care and support you, it just warms your heart and it just gives you hope. And it is my reassurance again from God that this person's in my life for a reason. This is another one of those lighthouses in my life that I have found in this community. And I have to tell you, we moved from Maryland to West Virginia, um, let's see, in 2012, so 11 years ago. So when we came here, we didn't know anybody. And we now know so many people and have such a great community at our at our soccer, at our kids' soccer and you know, at the school, like the school level and at our church, all these people I didn't know, you know, at the beginning of my life, but 
I know them now and they probably know more about me than, you know, I did or definitely the friends and people I grew up with because I decided to open up and share with them. So it's really just such a sweet blessing to kind of look back and see the marvelous work that God has done to be able to give me the courage and strength to continue to let people in this vision journey and into my life and kind of see the world through my lens just by sharing about my vision. So it's a very special thing. And, you know, I continue to work on building these communities. I remember whenever I started my job as a TVI, I was at the decision. I had an orientation cane and I hadn't used it at that point. But it was the, like I literally did not make this decision until the day that Zach dropped me off for my first day of work. Like, what am I going to do in this chapter? Am I going to take the chance that people are going to be waving to me when I don't have my cane and I'm not you know, going to be able to see them? And then they're going to think that I'm not a nice person. Or do I embrace the cane and go into this new chapter and new season to let people know? right off the bat here I am like I can't see well and you know kind of use it as a personal identification so that is what I did like the the day of I walked into work for the first time and I had the cane and you know that was my personal identification now I will say this is going to be an educational part like just because I had the cane you know didn't mean that I can't that I'm totally blind I can't see anything but that is one thing that I have, you know, encountered through my time using the cane is that people just assume that you can't see anything. So it makes it a little tricky moving forward because there are times that I feel like I don't need my cane, but because I used it, you know, here, then, you know, what if I don't use it there and the person that was at the other place sees me, you know, without the cane and they're like, well, what does she not? really blind like and I'm telling you people think like that and that's that's not that's not the right way to think because there are times that I need my cane because when I'm transitioning from outside to inside and you know my eyes haven't adjusted I need my cane but there are times that I'm in a familiar area and I can easily navigate around and I wouldn't need my cane, but sometimes I just bring it because of the consistency. And again, trying to appeal to the people that are looking, but it's like, you know, I shouldn't have to do that. It's It should be my decision. And hopefully I get to the point where I will feel more comfortable making that decision. Like, okay, if I don't want to bring my cane here, I'm not going to bring my cane. Um, the cane is for safety purposes and you know when I'm traveling independently when I was in the, the workplace yes I, I was always using my cane because there were um, a lot of things that you know could be a safety hazard for me like walking into a school if my eyes hadn't adjusted and there's a big box in front of a door or in front of a counter like if I didn't have my cane to find it then I might trip over it and really hurt myself or a trash can out in the middle of the hallway or a yellow wet floor sign that I didn't see because it's below my um, field of vision so there are all reasons that I would use my cane 
but I I definitely feel more comfortable using my cane after you know making that decision and going to work and you know seeing other of my students using their canes and then I could also use my my situation as an example to them, like, well, Miss Lindsay, you know, uses, uses, I use my cane. Like I, this is why I use that, you know, cause you might have a student who didn't want to use their cane or, or, or felt the same way I did. Like, you know, you, you feel like, you know, the place very well, but it might be a crazy chaotic, um, a lot of traffic going through the hallway or something. So you, you know, I wanted to encourage, my students to use their canes if they had them. So I always made sure that I was using my cane within the school environment. But that doesn't mean that when I go out in public that I always have my cane. So I feel like that's where things get a little gray because people see the cane and they think that you're totally blind. And then when you don't have the cane, they're like, oh, my goodness, like I thought she was blind. And so I guess that's why I wanted to bring that up today, like that, you know, to raise that awareness that, again, blindness is the spectrum. And I don't always need my cane. And sometimes other people don't always need their canes. Like I had when I was um, going to school through George Mason, it was all um, online, but we met um, for two and a half hours for our, our class once a week. So I would take two classes at a time. And I really got to know the people in my cohort like there. There were the same ones going through just like Frostburg. And, you know, we really got to know each other. And there was uh, another individual who was visually impaired and was kind of sharing a similar story. Like she had taken her she had taken her cane to go into a department store. And once her eyes adjusted, she closed up her cane and put it in her purse. And she heard people whispering like, I thought she was blind. She's faking it and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, no, like that's not what it is. It's it's just like we know what we can do and what we can't do. So um, that was kind of my soapbox for this one is, you know, I, I the cane is great. The, it's great for personal identification. That's why I started using it. It was a good conversation starter for me as I'm starting in a new community. However, it does have the stereotype that's attached to it that someone with that can't can't see, you know, at all. And that's, that's not true. So that's what I've tried to do. Like when I get to know people or introducing myself or building these communities is kind of educate, um, about the cane itself. Um, but it, again, it does help me to start building those communities around, you know, I continue to use the cane. I continue to use my writing. I continue to use this podcast journal to build the communities. I, you know, recently my, my team Jeepers Creepers for the Vision Walk, we hosted a bowling over blindness event in our community. And it was to raise awareness for the foundation fighting blindness for um, just different facts related to blindness in general, also to um, raise funds for the Foundation Fighting Blindness and the clinical research and, and the clinical trials that they're conducting, such as like the one that I'm participating in. And anyway, my, my point in sharing that is that 
we had so much support from our local community and you know the boy zach and the boys and i would go out every weekend and i'd go out to different businesses in the community and i had like a whole letter wrote up like with my vision story i had a sponsor letter had all these different things to try and get support get get people to um sponsor the bowling over blindness event or donate like an in-kind gift of like a gift certificate or a product that we could you know then raffle off in the sweepstakes so with that, every time that we went and I talked to somebody in person, like I got that nervous feeling. I got that, you know, those jitters and just this rush of emotions go through every time I shared my story. And, you know, we got a lot of support. Some people didn't support and that's OK. That's fine. Um, you know, I, I feel like we'll get there. We're, we're doing it, you know, one step at a time with raising this awareness and building this community that is accepting of individuals with disabilities and individuals with blindness. And so I know that it's going to take time. And I just remember feeling all of those emotions throughout that whole process. We had our great support from our church connections, community church um, here in our local community. And they actually came out like, I just can't even tell you how much they supported us in terms of donating all of the bake sale items and then, you know, hosting the bake sale table. And then they all came out that day to the event. Plus so many other people within the community came out and, you know, I can't tell you how many people came up and was like, I didn't even know that the foundation fighting blindness existed. I didn't even know, you know, that blindness was a spectrum. I, you know, all these different things they didn't know. And they learned all of this from this bowling over blindness event, but it was just kind of a true testament of, you know, building communities. And I just remember reflecting back and being like, oh my goodness, like here I was, what, 20 some years ago, not even talking about my vision, then being in this situation where I'm talking about it all the time because of the purpose of trying to raise awareness and educate and advocate for those coming along behind. So it was just like a true transformation and just totally in awe of, of how God has worked through this situation to benefit others, I hope, is, is, is what I pray for, is that it does benefit others. So it, it was really neat to see family and friends and strangers all come together for that Bowling Over Blindness event. I feel like it was just like a total picture of a community and, you know, all of the lighthouses from different seasons of my life and, you know, new lighthouses that have come all in one place. And it, it was beautiful. And I just could not believe just the support and the care that we saw that day for Bowling Over Blindness. And I continue to work through my different insecurities and my different struggles related to sharing my vision story. I still find that the easiest way for me to share about it is through writing. I love to write. However, I feel like people like to listen to things more or they like to have a conversation. So I'm trying to get more comfortable with this type of situation where I'm sharing, you know, through the podcast journal 
or having a face-to-face conversation with people. I'm working through it. It It's definitely like a goal of mine to become more comfortable and not feel so anxious every time I talk about things. But I did just have a recent experience where my both of my sons are getting ready to start um, two different travel soccer leagues. And my oldest son has already started and they're doing these like sibling and parent versus um, the team each Saturday. They're doing like a scrimmage and soccer was always my sport. My vision has um, tremendously decreased since the time I played soccer growing up through travel soccer and high school but soccer was always my sport. I love it. I love that my boys play it. It's it's amazing. It, it's just heartwarming. Um, so I wanted so badly to play in the first scrimmage. And I didn't, though, because I felt that if I were going to play, I was going to have to share about my vision. And I didn't I wasn't comfortable or ready to share about my vision with all of the strangers there. Like, We had some friends there that already knew about it that came with us from our previous soccer league, but I, you know, wouldn't have felt safe at at the time. I didn't think I would have felt safe going out and playing and not sharing that, but I also didn't feel ready to share it. So I was pretty upset and, and disappointed coming home from that first game because I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be with my sons. I wanted to be with my husband. I wanted to, like, I was capable of doing it. And, but because of my vision, I I hesitated and I didn't, and I missed out. So then the following Saturday, I told the boys and Zach, we were on our way there. And I still didn't feel ready to talk to anyone about it or make this big announcement like, hey, I'm blind, but I want to play soccer. Like, I, I wasn't ready yet. Like, so this is still something that I am I am still dealing with to this day, like just recently. So we're on our way there. And I said, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play today. I'm scared, but I'm going to play today. And I'm just going to do my best to you know, watch where I am or maybe get in a position that I can be out there and be participating, but maybe not be in the chaos of it all. And you know what I did? I went out there. I didn't play striker or, you know, midfield like I typically would have, you know, 20 years ago. Um, But I did go out there and play defense and was a part of it. And it felt really good. And I and I I still haven't shared about it. I feel like I'll have a good opportunity and I'll know when the time's right to share with with these new communities that we're going into with their travel soccer. But I didn't this time, but I did, you know, overcome that fear of, you know, my vision holding me back. I typically don't do that, but I I was very scared that I was going to get hurt um, because of the level that these kids play that we've been playing against. But I'm like, I'm just going to give it a go. And that's what I ended up doing. And it, you know, worked out fine so far. And we'll we'll see how it continues to go. But I, I am still struggling with all of this. I wish I could say I had it all figured out or I have arrived, but I don't think I'll ever arrive. I don't think any of us ever arrive at the true transformation that we're capable of. I mean, you know, my thing is I like to always be progressing towards something. So even if I 
get things going well for being able to share this, or maybe sometime I will be comfortable enough that I'm not shaking before I push record on these podcast journal entries. Like there'll be something else that I'll be trying to work towards and improve upon all this. It's, it's called a journey, a vision journey for a reason. And, you know, that's, that's where we are with all of this. And I will continue to keep working through it. I'll continue to share my story and continue to share these different experiences because I do think that it truly helps build communities around me. And I hope that it helps build communities and raise awareness for others as well. I hope it's, you know, an inspiration and encouragement to others who may be listening, who are going through these similar things or have experienced such kinds of experiences like I have shared about so far. I truly, truly appreciate you all listening again this week. I am so thankful that you're here. I appreciate you, and I just hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thanks for listening.